welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debman. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. You know, it's been a good day, but this these sudden rainstorms out of nowhere just kind of blow my mind. It's like we live in Florida. It's been it has been such a rainy summer, and it's been these little pop up storms. Right, just enough to take it from hot to miserable. Right, but it knocks the heat off, but turns the humidity up to eleven. Well, we got tons of content tonight. We let's, do. Let's We've talk got a about lot what of we're going to smoke first. So I'm going to go first uh, because I've got kind of an interesting experiment for myself here. This is the Cubanicon Habano. This is a new release. Well, it's kind of a rebrand, more so than a new release. It's got an Ecuadorian wrapper, Ecuadorian binder, Nicaraguan filler. I'm smoking the Rothschild, which is a 5x50. And what's interesting to me about this cigar is, so I haven't really seen Cubanicon on the shelves in years. And, or a couple of years at least. They used to be, we had Nate McIntyre on the show uh, with Miami Cigar uh, about a year ago, I think it was. And before he worked for them, he worked for Cubanicon. He left House of Emilio and went to work for Cubanicon for a little bit. So because he's such a good rep, a lot of the shops around here carried his cigars. And now you just don't really find them anymore. Very small boutique. Um, I always really enjoyed their cigars. But I was kind of curious with myself all right, did I like the cigar because I like Nate and because I, you know, a friend of mine is a rep for the company and right. I, so I want to like it? Or, is, or do I actually really like the cigar? Well, I found it hard to smoke a cigar that feels like the name of a Batman villain. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I just kind of see Cubanicana with, you know, like... He keeps all his uh, evil apparatuses in his in his Guayabara. Yeah, and, you know his henchmen all have the great big handlebar mustaches yeah. and wear sombreros, and they, and they drive antique cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of so. I'm I'm not sure I can smoke a cigar Are named you after listening, a Batman. Jeff <laughs> but so this is interesting because I've had that experience. Would I like this cigar as much if I didn't like this guy? And the opposite. Yeah. You know, Would I like the cigar if the guy who reps it wasn't such a pr- tremendous twig? Yeah, I mean... Uh, you you were looking really nervous about what word I was going to use just well, then. No, I was trying to... I'm, I don't want to put anybody on point, but let's just say a very famous Nashville brand Oh, I would really like, but their their rep is just a jerk. Yeah, no. <laughs> and that, I've tried. That, that is fair. That is fair. <laughs> uh, a lot of people like that brand in spite of him, not because of. Yeah. Um that being said, so here, so I told you I was going to spring something on you right at the top of the show. There was a listener suggestion that I got today that I think is really fun. So on top of talking about our cigars and kind of giving reviews and updates throughout the show, what he suggested was that, and he may have told you this already, I don't know, is to give an idea for what we're expecting the flavor notes to be. Based on the makeup, based on what we know about the brand perhaps, what we're expecting to get out of our cigars. And then when we come to the close of the show, whether or not it lived up to our expectations or how close our predictions were. That's a great idea. Yeah, I thought so too. And so rather than wait until our production meeting tonight, I figured I would go ahead and drop this in the show tonight. So uh, with an Ecuadorian Habano, I usually get quite a bit of earthiness and leather. That's usually what I'm expecting. The Nicaraguan filler comes with a little bit of spice, but it's a, but it's, Cubanacan cigars tend to be a little bit more on the milder side. 
for me. So I'm expecting about a medium to medium plus with, uh, with some leather and a little bit of spice. Nothing. I'm not expecting huge complexity out of this. I'm expecting to get a, cu- a few key flavors that, that hold pretty consistent throughout the whole cigar. So we'll, be, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, if I was going to, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to play the other side of it too. If I was going to smoke that cigar, I would expect it to be a step down from a general, but a step up from a Baccarat. I would give them more credit than that. They're a better cigar than that. They, you know, if you look at the color of the wrapper, I mean, it's it's not unitonal. I mean, there's some there's some color variations on the wrapper leaf there, some dark spots, some light spots. But overall, I'd say it's about a, a nice latte color, caramel color. Right. It's, it's, it's on the Here. lighter side. It's not a full Connecticut in terms of color depth, but it, it's it's definitely on the lighter side of what I normally smoke. Yeah, definitely lighter, but it'll be interesting to see. So I'm going to smoke tonight the Mexican Experiment 2. Now, I'm going to be smoking the Churchill, the 6.5 by 48. All the Mexican experiments from Tatawahe are box presses. They don't make them in any other shape. I wasn't expecting that tight a Oh, never mind. Oh, these, the end's capped off. <laughs> I, was, I was like, wow, that's a tight draw. Now, you see, that's tough because then then you end up having to try to manipulate your draw on a lit cigar. Well, or you can do this. Oh, you're going to try to unwrap the end. Uh, just to get an idea for what I'm expecting draw-wise. Uh, that's probably not the worst idea. So the Mexican Andreas 2, or Mexican Experiment 2, is a San Andreas wrapper over Nicaraguan binder and filler, and that's all the detail they give you. Um, the Mexican Experiment, I had one last night. Is it redundant to say it's a very Mexican cigar? I don't you think know, so. To me, like an Aladino is a very Mexican-tasting cigar. There's a lot of cigars really tend to taste more that culture. And I'll it was, it, I, let me just be straight up, the Mexican Experiment 1 did not impress me at all. It was not what I, the complexity that I would like from Tatawahe. It was a one-note chord. Which is not only not like from Tatawahe, but not expect from Tatawahe. I mean, they're right. usually known for having some pretty complex flavors. Yeah, Tatawahe usually leading the pack, in kind of, and especially in surprising you. So I'm interested to smoke this one, the ME2, and see what the difference is um, and see how well I like it. But uh, like I said, I, I wish I had been more impressed by the ME1. And I'll be okay. I'm gonna light my cigar now. Flavor-wise, what are you expecting? Flavor-wise, I'm expecting it to taste. I'm expecting the San Andreas, and I'm not expecting a lot of complexity because San Andreas over Nicaraguan binder and filler—that's a good recipe, but that's not a lot of depth. There's not a lot of description to go on there either. No, that could, that could be any number of things. Yeah, it, you know that it's not Esteli, it's not Condega, it's not Jalapa. They don't say they just say Nicaragua. Well, Nicaragua is a big place, right? You know, if you're from over, a tobacco standpoint, at yeah, least. Well, you know, if you're over near Jalapa, you're near Honduras, so you're going to get a little more Honduras flavor. But if you're in Esteli and Condega, you're going to be in a different area. So, not a lot of things. And like I said, I'm I'm going to try not to see. This is the danger, and I'm just going to tell our listener now. This is the danger. Of having a set. Did you expect- say listener singular on purpose? <laughs> yes. <No>, okay. <laughs> yes. You did it so effortlessly that I wasn't sure. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell them right now. The danger of this is when you come in with your expectations of what you think this flavor is going to be. Does it color the same as you spoke about yeah. the, liking the rep coloring it? 
Does your expectations change your cigar? I, I think so, too, but I think it can go both ways. You know, if you're not expecting to like a cigar, that may color your enjoyment to the point where you may be, maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. At the same time, though, having expectations that low, if it's even a half a step above what you were expecting, then, but it's going to feel like it was a two-point variant. It's going to feel much better than it, than it was. Right, so low, low, great expectations. E. <laughs> I, great expectations usually yield great um, disappointments. disappointments. Yeah, but so, so you're saying poor expectations could lead to great. De- <laughs> they, they could, you know, great results or, or not. I, I'm just saying it could play both sides. I'd be interested to know how it goes, or if it just hits right where you're expecting. Well, the draw's good. The cold draw. I'm getting that spice. I'm getting that that mouth feel. That pepper almost. Um, getting a lot of the same things that I did get from the one that I, it's not that I didn't enjoy it. It's just that it wasn't everything it could be. But okay, this cigar is wound tighter than a military school principal. Is it drawing tight? A little bit. Maybe it'll. You know, but the thing I'm thinking is, it might release. But I mean, it feels solid. You know, and that's a sometimes they'll start out tight and they'll loosen up. Yeah. But I'll say that's less than 10% of the time. It is. And look at the foot. I mean, it's Oh, yeah. It's, it's sealed tight. off. Yeah. yeah. You might need my poker before the yeah, end of that. Yeah, I probably one. will. You might need to try to drill a... <laughs> Drive a spike through it yeah. just to open it up a little bit. <laughs> try to drill a borehole, get a little pressure off the brain. All right. Well, before we get into my litany of content, I know there was something that you really wanted to talk about to open up the show. But I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you wait while I give you my lighter since you haven't gotten your cigar lit yet. Go ahead. Uh, I am going to jump right into something that was on both of our list. I've got too much to choose from over here. This is what happens when I bring so much content that I have to break the computer out. I get lost too easily. I'm like a spaniel over here tonight. Um, this is from Forbes magazine. They did a field test of uh, a cigar cutter. What's interesting about this in particular is that this is the cheapest pair of cigar scissors that you can get on Amazon right now. At the time this article was written, it was around 9 bucks. I think it's still running about that right now. Um, you've talked a lot about... Uh, one of the reasons I brought this up is because you talk about scissors quite a bit, and I still have a pair that I keep meaning to bring you and that I think you'll really like. Um, it is... Basically, the the emphasis of the article is just whether it's worth nine bucks. To my point, for my feelings on this, cigar scissors are almost always more expensive than their guillotine counterparts, and I don't know how much more value you get out of that for the money that you normally pay. Well, so I had a couple of issues with this article. Um, first issue: Why scissors? Why did they not find the cheapest cutter on Amazon or the cheapest non-plastic cutter on Amazon, the cheapest lighter? Why pick the most obscure? I mean, which is more obscure, punch or scissors? Scissors, but at the same time, if you like scissors, that's what you're going to look for. And I think I, I think more to the point is we all know that you can get a cheap plastic cutter for 3 bucks at the counter over here. We also know that you can pay $600 for a cutter. So the, the variance is so much wi- wider, but with scissors, it's really hard to find one in this price point. 
And if you're willing to invest the time that it takes to become fairly skilled with a pair of cigar scissors, I think it's definitely worth the investment to give it a shot because scissors really are my favorite way to cut a cigar. But it does take a little bit more skill than just whacking off the end of it with with a guillotine. Well, and I'll also point you the other complaint I had with this article. If you scroll to the bottom of the article... And you see the picture, the the Twitter or Instagram picture. I don't think he was actually going to cut that much off the cigar. Is that what you're going to talk yeah. about? I mean, he's what are you doing, whacking it up into four segments to smoke four no, different times? No, I, I really believe that was just a way to get the picture. I don't well, believe he was actually going to cut it at that point. The thing is, it, the that portion is preceded by him saying, oh, the scissors say they'll do a 60, but they really are more comfortable of a 40. No, they'll do a 60 just fine. You, because you're not trying to, you know, engulf the entire cigar. You're not trying to guillotine this thing. Well, and that was going to be my only complaint with the article is, is he mentions in the article about how, you know, how cigars take a certain level of skill. But as he describes the cutting process for him, it seems like he doesn't have the skill that he's talking about. With scissors, yes, you can cut straight through the cigar like you do with a guillotine. But... It's, it's more precise than that. You want, you want to score, twist, and, and, and kind of lift the cap off more than you want to just cut right through it. Now, it can, it can be used for that, but you're going to, you, you need a super sharp pair of scissors for that. Well, you know, he didn't mention anything about the most important part of before you use scissors is determine which direction the wrapper's wrapped. And be sure that when you do the circle maneuver, you're going, even though you're in the cap, you're still cigar under there. So you need to be going with the direction the cigar was wrapped as you do that. So he didn't mention any of that. Of course, this is Forbes. This isn't. But he was also not using the circular, the the pipe cutter technique that you and I use. True. So, um, but what I was interested to see, you know, I will say this: um, for a nine dollar pair of scissors, they look really good. They they're stainless steel. They're probably probably about three inches long. It looks like. With, you know, rubber handles, which apparently the rubber comes out, which would be a little bit more elegant look. So I like that. Um, I'm, you know, I think I'm going to pick up a pair of these. I mean, to have the, you know, I guarantee you the reason that, have you ever been into a cigar shop where when you go to the cut and light station, scissors are offered as an option? Mm -hmm. See, I've never been to one. I've been to cigar shops all over this country. I've never been to one where at the cutting station they offered scissors an option because I think so many people grew in their cigars yeah. and then want a replacement. Right, and then, oh, this cigar blew up on me. Well, no, you hacked at it like, you know, a beaver. <laughs> of, course it, of course it blew up. That'd be the tough part of running a cigar shop would be the guy that, you know, that tries to go full Clint Eastwood and bites the end off of right. it, and then when his cigar unravels, tries to blame you for it. Mm-hmm. Or the the you know the person that is unskilled. Well, I deal with this a lot in my job, which is, you know, is how much do you warranty other people's screw ups versus your own work? And I feel like that's one of those things. As a shop, you go, okay, we cut the cigars for every customer. If you choose not to have us cut your cigar for you, then whatever fate befalls you on that cigar is your own. You know, and there's probably some comical way. We probably should, we probably actually should do this for the cigar cast. Create a sign that says, um, you know, we cannot warranty your cut on your cigar. Please ask an associate for help. Right. Or something like that. If that you they cut it up, then you suck it up. Yeah. <laughs> something, something like that. 
<laughs> and I really believe that that we should do that. But okay, we've we've buried enough time on the scissors. And uh, I want to talk about something kind of funny. So Berkeley on this show, yeah. So Berkeley, which I, I guess is California, UC Berkeley. I would assume this is from the Berkeley Side newspaper. So Berkeley bans the sale of flavored tobacco and e-cigarettes. They were selling tobacco on their campuses previously. Well, I guess it's a there's a town, right? It's well the the law was something like uh, 900 foot of the school, something like that. I'd have I'd have to look, but really that's not the part of the article I care about. Let's just go. Let's not. Skip. All right, jump right in. <laughs> let's not skip the forest for the trees. So this is what's interesting. This ordinance. Now this is the cool part. This ordinance sets minimum prices: eight dollars for a pack of cigarettes. $8 for a pack of little cigars. $7 per cigar for standard tobacco products. Little cigars must be sold in a pack of at least 20 and cigars in a pack of six or more. So, part of me says this is really goofy. Sorry, everybody. Part of me says this is really goofy. But part of me says, okay, I can understand because now we're kind of increasing that barrier to entry even further than it already is. Because, you know, if the minimum price for the cigar is $7 and the minimum number of them that you can buy is 6 then you're at, what, $42? Yeah. That's a barrier of entry for a youngster. So now, I, is, the, is it good? Is it bad? Yeah, I, I think it plays both sides. I wonder... As well, if the cigar shop in this scenario, if they just grab a couple of bags and they, you know, put samplers together, does that count? Or does it have to be manufacturer packaging? See, I don't know that that, yeah, that's not really, that's probably a loophole that they probably get by with. Yeah. And all, but basically the guys around just say, hey, this is just going to make the the larger market outside of this area bigger. Right, exactly. This really isn't going to do anything to it's, curve. Especially because the town of Berkeley is is kind of small. So yeah. you it's it's easy to get outside of that and get what you need. Yeah, and you know they the um, Holly Schneider, a public health professional who was active in advocating for Berkeley's soda tax, said it's about time the city cut out flavored tobacco sales. Soda tax, really? I mean, at least she's consistent. I will give her full credit for being yeah. consistent. Even, you know, because it would be hypocritical of me to critique her um, soda tax when we've said, hey, sugar is far more dangerous exactly. than, yeah. than tobacco is at this stage. Far more people die of di- diabetes than die of cancer. So... Anyway, so I'm interested to see. Don't stab yourself with that. See, I'm trying to get straight, and I can't seem to get it in there. Trey's trying to poke his cigar, and apparently I'm, you know, we got to start a YouTube series, and one of them's going to be how to properly poke your cigar, because you could send that thing right through your thumb so easy right now. No, I couldn't. It's well buried into the cigar. you You got your thumb lined up perfect. If it, if it happened right now, I would be I would feel terrible. Hey, no. If my heroin problem has taught me anything, it's the fact that I can handle sharp objects. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. I was wondering why you tapped the cigar three times, tried to get a, leaf, a vein on a leaf to stick up before you poked. <laughs> I was wondering how that worked. So anyway, I was just happened to do that. But 
Um, speaking of, along those lines, since you brought up kind of the definition of cigars that they outlined there, I want to bring this. This is the one I was going to surprise you with. This is from the Miami Herald. I just want to kind of see what you think about the reporting on this issue. I think this speaks to the larger issue with the fact that people at large and and media in particular really don't have a grasp for our hobby, our way of life, if you will. These teens knew what they wanted. Wine, vapes, cigars. Cops say they stole to get it. Instead of playing video games or hanging out with each other on a late Thursday night, three young boys, two 15-year-olds and a 13-year-old, decide to break into a gas station. You already know where I'm going with this because of that word alone. Tell me, do you see any cigars on that table? No. No. Not even remote. They broke into a gas station, and they stole four bottles of wine, uh, about eight of those, like, jewel refill packs, I guess, and what looks like a very, very large number of Swisher Sweets. Can, can we stop calling those cigars? You know... That is probably the only good thing coming out of this, is it is giving the the public at large an education on the difference between cigars and, um, you know, large cigarettes. Well, so that, but the reason I wanted to bring this up is because that brings me to my, my big question on this. Is, okay, you and I have, have talked before that those aren't cigars. So what do we call them? Well, you know, cigarillo is a term that's been thrown around quite a bit. Um, but you can get real cigarillos here that are actual, you know, smaller versions of, of real cigars. True. We need to come up with a descriptive term for these things. Yeah, they're... Because they're, they're not quite a cheroot. Tipped cigars? I mean, I've been seeing in a lot of legislation and, and a lot of news articles, little cigars as the word being used alone. But but I don't know if I like that either. It needs to be descriptive of what, I don't know. I don't know either, but give me till next week and I'll have right. something. We've Probably in the up, form of a bump joke. We need to, <laughs> we need to find a, a proper way to discriminate those cigars from from real cigars so that people know what you're talking about. So that we don't get lumped in with the people that smoke that crap. Well, I'm being a bit elitist, aren't I? No, because, you know, do you know anyone? I'm curious, because I don't. Do you know anyone that started out smoking Swishers and transitioned to premium? I do. See, I don't. I think the people I've known either have a palate for premium or they don't possess a palate. They just, you know, they're in that yummy phase. But but you've got to think, if you associate the word cigar with cool... And that's a, a hobby that you want to get into because, you know, of, of whatever reason. And you see those things being called cigars. You must, you probably don't know any different that those aren't actually cigars. And so it's a, oh, yeah, I'll try that. And then, and then eventually realize the error of your ways and get into smoking, you know, premium cigars. Well, and I think it's just an important distinction, machine made versus handmade. And I think that, you know, I would like to refer to those as machine-made cigars. Yeah. I, and and I, Villiger does make some machine-made cigars that I do like, so I'm a little hesitant, but I think that's the best thing on the table right now. Yeah, that's as, that's as good as we got. Let's go to a break. When we come back, we'll pour more time and energy. But 
When we come back, I do want to talk about the new cigars we've smoked since the show because I really want to kind of run through that and yeah. um, get a feel for what's out there. All right. Well, we'll be back with that and more after this. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week, I want to talk about a flavored cigar. Which may be one of the last times we get the opportunity to do so. Yeah, you know, there's there are some good stuff that's flavored, and this is one of them. This is the Java. It's um, by Drew Estate, but it's actually marketed by Rocky Patel. And this, for the longest time, was your wife's favorite cigar, correct? Yeah, and it's an infusion of cocoa and espresso beans with a balance of Nicaraguan tobaccos. It's a Nicaraguan puro, but it has that, that chocolatey infusion type. Mm-hmm. This is one of the few flavored cigars that I do enjoy. I don't. I enjoy it once a year, but I do enjoy it. And the price tag's right. Under eight. Um, it's much better than a lot of the other flavored cigars in that you do still get that tobacco feel. Yeah, and I will tell you what. This is something that I've avoided because of my puro elitism and snobbery. But I'm going to have to give one of these a try. Well, everybody else give it a try. Get them while you can because it looks like the flavored band is coming very quickly. Try the Java by Drew Estate. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, who hasn't had a carb or sugar in two weeks, so Trey, don't screw with me tonight. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's funny because that's one of the things when I gave up the sugar and the carbs and everything that people, I've actually, so this has nothing to do with cigars, but I'm still going to tell everybody. Um, I've kind of, you know, I have dieted since I was 16. I have tried different diets. I have tried everything. I have done different stuff. I've tried working out like a maniac i've tried denying myself i've tried you know low carb high sugar you name it you've tried it yeah there's very little has come by that i have not tried but doing the research going through everything it all comes down to the same thing no sugar no grains Mm -hmm. vinnie tortrich credit credit completely that's copyrighted by vinnie owned by vinnie and the going, getting your body into the ketogenic state in order to start burning fat for energy rather than sugar and carbs. But when I was out here and I said that I had started doing this last week, everybody said, oh, he'll be grouchy. I hide, you know, unload your gun, hide your gun. You don't right. want to accidentally... Sh-. But I got such a low resting pulse. I don't think... I think it, for me to get homicidal would be... That'd be a pretty big stretch. Yeah, there's a, there's a long leap between your resting level and what it would take to get you up there. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not strung that high. Now, I do notice if... But I would keep that emergency cupcake behind glass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, my wife would throw it at me at some point. Here, eat this. (laughs) But no, which I joke, but my wife's been incredibly supportive. She's great. But um, it's interesting because I've actually had to take the stuff I've learned from your sobriety for the last couple of years to actually um, do this because it is it's it's it can't be okay I'm never going to eat ice cream again it's I'm not going to eat ice cream today yeah it makes that change of mindset makes all the difference in the world and it's why I've said for a long time I wish every people rather than everybody rather than just addicts and alcoholics would do a 12-step program to see it's not just about the one thing it, it, it can be an approach to how you would uh, how you address any type of thing in your life that maybe has a little bit stronger hold on than you, than you would like. 
Well, and, it, you know, it's nice to have the momentum going the other way because for so long it's been diet, 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 and uh, today I can have Coca-Cola. And then before I know it, it's a Coca-Cola and a candy bar or a Coca-Cola and a donut. And before you know it, you know, you're... You can justify yourself into anything. Oh, yeah. Before you know it, it's pizza and ice cream off the belly of a stripper. <laughs> I mean, it just it, it snowballs so quick. Now, this is snowballing the other way because it started out the first five days. Snowballs are off the list on oh, your yeah, diet, Oh, yeah, they're too. way off the list. <laughs> um first five days it was I'm just not having anything today I'm not saying I'm never going to have it again well then the next three days was September 31st when I get on that cruise boat they're going to have to wheel me away from the buffet in a straight jacket mm-hmm. and I'll and now it's kind of like man by September 31st I'll have two and some odd months under my belt of this will I really want to blow it out right especially so, knowing it takes about three to six weeks to get back into that ketogenic state yeah i'm still not ketogenic yet i'm still i'm like i said i'm only in the second week of it but it's um it's interesting it's but but it is funny because i've kind of had to apply just like an alcoholic has to apply those lessons to the life well and it's funny because you you and i talked about when i got sober we were talking about it and about how for you it's food it always has been food and and you kind of recognize that then you were on a different diet at the time but yeah, it's it's that change in approach, change in philosophy makes all the difference between success and failure. You know, so many things in life, people say, "Oh, you failed at this, you failed at this, you failed at this." But guess what? Only got to succeed once. That's right. You know, I, you only got to win one. You, you if you lose 150 times, but you win one, and you end up without the weight, and living a happier, fuller life due to that, you've won. Yeah, that's how, all. The- how many iterations of the light bulb before one that worked? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the winners and losers theory of life. Exactly. Okay, now we can come back to cigars. Before we get into any other articles. Yes. First and foremost, let me say something. I am pleasantly surprised by the Mexican Experiment 2. It is less of the spice, a little more of the complexity. I don't know if this particular batch of San Andreas wrapper is a little tamer, mm. or this batch of Nicaraguan filler and binder is a little better, but this is far superior to the cigar I had last night being the Mexican Experiment 1. So I've been pleasantly surprised by this cigar. Excellent. On the other hand, (laughs) I've got a wrapper blowing up on me. I've got splits down the middle. I've got a really tight draw over here. I've got a draw so tight that I'm really not getting any flavor out of this cigar. It's, I don't know how much is maybe I just got to it before it was ready. Maybe I should have set it in my humidor for a little bit. You know, it has been really humid today. Maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know what's going on. I, if, if it had been that I was just a fan of the rep and not of the brand, even this cigar would not have been enough for me to purchase them. Right. So, uh, so I don't know how much of it was. I, I, I am blaming it on this one particular stick. I'm not going to say anything bad about the because I have had lots of of cigars from this brand before. I know this is not an indication of who they are and the product that they put out. I'm a little disappointed in this particular one, but um, but I, I do think it answers my my question at the top of the show. It wasn't just the the rep itself that was why I like the cigar. Yeah, and, you know, when I look at the end of that cigar, I always hate when I look at the end of a cigar and it looks like it sealed itself off. That one looks like you cut it and then took a belt sander and kind of sanded it flat. Yeah, it does. 
And uh, it looks like it's, you know, you tried poking it a minute ago. I, I would almost recommend the second cut at this point. It's almost time for the second cut. The problem is I've already got a split in the wrapper right down by the edge oh, of the cap. Yeah. If I cut it again, I'm going to lose the wrapper entirely. Yeah, you're going to be you're going to be smoking naked. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about new cigars we've smoked since the um, since the show. So I mean, so much stuff. Um, I got to start out with the best one. Best cigar I've smoked since the show, La Promesa. I was going to say the same. That has been such a good cigar. I had one a couple of weeks ago for the first time, and it really lives up. You know, I kind of poo-pooed the idea when we first talked about it. You know, DPG is 312 years old now, and you're just now getting around to making the cigar that you think is is worthy of, of your success in the industry. But you know what? He did. It's the best cigar that that factory has ever made. You know, I've recommended this cigar to numerous people in here. And I haven't had a single person. I have two, and everyone has said the same thing. Even, because, so this is, um, okay, so this, the Cigars International ranks this as a medium full. I don't think so. This is medium. This it's, is medium, medium complex. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's medium full flavored, but it's medium bodied. Yeah, the, the complexity, but I've recommended it to some people that I'm um, trying to help rehabilitate their palate even because they got to where they were just smoking the strongest, yeah. pound-the-pavement, hardest cigar they could grab because they they burnt their palate up. And also, I've started recommending it to some of them kind of as a recovery cigar. Yeah. And it's, a, it's an excellent cigar for that, and it's an excellent cigar just to chill out and then relax and enjoy. Yeah, and that's what the first one I had was, was just that. It was here on a weekend— and it was just just about relaxing and enjoying the cigar itself. No other, uh, nothing else competing for my time or attention. And it, it fit that scenario so perfectly. I was glad that I chose it for the occasion because it allowed me to really reflect on the cigar and just enjoy it. Well, and it's interesting because I'm evolving as a cigar smoker. And I'm no longer so hung up on size. Size is really becoming less and less of an issue in my so life. So you're slimming down, and so are your cigars. And so is are my cigars <laughs> proportionally. Um, so the size of it. Normally, I would say, okay, the only thing I don't like is because there's no six by sixty in there. But I've been burned by the six by sixty train too many times at this stage in my life. I got off the six by sixty train about four or five years ago, and I've been so happy I did because I was smoking a lot of them, especially back in when I was in Atlanta, because most of the shops carried a lot of those. So there were some cigars that you could pretty much only get in a 6x60 or a Robusto. And it's like, well, if I have to choose one or the other, I'm going bigger rather than small. And I've really, by and large, stopped smoking 6x60s entirely. And I feel like my cigar experience has improved because of it. Well, the La Promesa has exceeded all my expectations. I'll wrap La Promesa up by just saying it has exceeded my expectations. I was, um, I was kind of um, reticent at first, but no, they've exceeded my expectations. Now, on to something a little disappointing to me. So the Alvo Unexpected series has come out. I still haven't had any from this line. Well, you know, I had the, um, the passion and the tradition. I have still have the other two, the moment and the celebration to smoke. I've not been impressed by either of these. Now, all of these were released with undisclosed wrapper binder and fillers. They just each had their own, you know, um, the unexpected tradition uses a native Peruvian tobacco, which is probably why it smelled like old newspaper. Yeah, that was the one you had in here the other night. Yeah, 
And the passion's the one I had after the show the other day, and I got nothing out of it. It says um, the leaves used for this release is 25 years old. Um, they, they're too old. They yeah. sat around should too long. Should have just buried them at that point. Yeah, at that point, they should have just set the barn on fire. But the unexpected in the moment, I've still got high hopes because I like Avo, but yeah. this feels more Davidoff than any release Avo has ever produced. I can get that. I feel like maybe Avo Avazian passed away and Davidoff kind of has has stepped away from where he would have liked. That gurgling sound you hear is Trey drinking. I was into trying the to microphone. get away from the mic. <laughs> um, but... The Avo. You know, when we first started this show two years ago, the whole the whole idea, or two and a half years ago now, we we used to talk about not call it, calling out each other's foibles on on while we were recording. Do you remember that? I remember that vaguely, but it's a lot of fun. Okay, because you, know, you know we're it's both. Don't in- draw attention to it. Just move on, and no one will ever notice that 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 was kind of the hallmark of, of one of the things we were going to do, but that, but that's neither but here nor there. But we're good enough at this point. Oh, I see. That we should be past me blowing in the microphone and you, you drowning on air. These things should be past us at this point. And also, I think we can open the door to that just a little. Now, there's no so need. So next to... time you call something a good ideal, I have free no, brain no, no. to. I... <laughs> Hang on, Grammar Nazi. <laughs> I'm not saying it's time to open that particular Pandora's okay. box. <laughs> And uh, Avo Regional East Edition. And I've smoked two of these. You smoked one on the show last week. Smoked one on the show. Dominican Republic binder, Dominican Republic and Nicaraguan filler. Solomon shape. Excellent cigar. Absolutely excellent cigar. They kind of redeemed their self with me from that because I was done. I was kind of down. What have you smoked since the show new? What's the, something new you've put together since the show? Um, well, I... The, the McAuliffe was new to my palate um, right around the time of the show. I've smoked probably 10 of them since then. I've become a really big fan, especially of the Nicaraguan. The Lajero didn't really do much for me. I, I found it was good, but it just didn't live up to what I was expecting out of it. The uh, Brazilian Matafina is phenomenal, but the Nicaraguan is still the best to me. Yeah, if I had to rank them good, better, best, good is the, and this is the McAuliffe bold line, the Pedro Gomez stuff is not that impressive to me. Mm. I mean, it's a more traditional cigar. Don't get me wrong. It's still good, and it's very traditional, but it kind of, um, it's for me, it's not as good as the bold series. And bold series, I mean, Sumatra, Nicaraguan, um, Matafina, and Lajero. Yeah. Uh, good, better, best, Lajero and Sumatra are there together in good. Better for me is the Nicaraguan, and best is still the Matafina. Yeah, and I've got the Tatuaje that you're smoking sitting here waiting for after the show tonight. So I'm really looking forward to that because I haven't had a, a Tatuaje in a while. And they're a company that always impresses me. And I think following up the cigar I'm smoking now is going to be an easy. It's, it's not big shoes to fill. Yeah. So um, La Barba added the Ricochet Crew Mexi Soul. Now, I'm a big fan of the Ricochet. As am I. And I was actually one of the first ones to buy this cigar here and smoked it the next morning on my back porch and had to send a picture to our local rep of it when it exploded <laughs> like a clown cigar in my hand. And he informed me, so I'm, this is a public service message. If your shop has just got them in, the blue wrapper ricochets, when those came in to America in a shipping crate from the Dominican 
the um, they did not have the paperwork right, and they sat on the dock for two weeks unhumidified. Oh. So they're and because he, he sent me back and he said they're having a large amount of people say they're having some humidification problems, and that's going to work itself out pretty quick as these get in the humidor and get to the proper humidity. But coming straight off the the banana boat. They're pretty. Um, give it volatile. a couple months. Yeah, give it a little time. Let it. So I'm gonna reserve judgment on this one till I get one that doesn't blow up. Yeah. Um, but uh, Nicaraguan, it's a sun-grown wrapper, Indonesian binder and fillers, Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, Pennsylvania. All it's got a lot of ingredients in this cigar. But um, give them a few weeks. I'm gonna have to let them have a few weeks. Uh, the other, so this is funny. We were talking about size. Mm-hmm. So I have been on Austin for two years, year and a half, to bring the animal cracker from Surrogate Cigar into this shop. Yes. And Austin finally said, Dad Gummit, Shane has been on my rear end for two years to bring this cigar in the shop. I'm going to bring it in, and I'm going to bring it in in 6 by 60 which is the size he likes. A 6 by 60 animal cracker is an adventure. Is it really? Oh, yeah, because that's the strong, by far the strongest cigar. So short of the Bone Crusher, one of the strongest cigars I smoke. You know, you've got the Viaje Chili or Ghost Pepper, which is a super strong cigar, and you got the Bone Crusher, and you got the Animal Cracker. And I almost wish he'd bought the smaller size. <laughs> I won't tell him that because... Right. <laughs> Because then all the 6x60s will go away? Well, no, just because he'll say, I can never make you happy. Right. You know, he'll ask when we got married or something. (laughs) (laughs) But I have really enjoyed having the animal crackers in here. And the 6x60 ain't bad, but I do like the shorter size, the Robusto, in just a little more intensity. I feel like it has just a little more intensity to it because it is that smaller size. But that's kind of the stuff that I've smoked from the show so far. You know, the um, Casa Fernandez stuff that came in, we've both smoked one, was not impressed. No, that was that was the other one that I was I was actually trying to remember what that cigar was because it, it left such a little impression on me. I, I do have a pretty good cue of, I, I haven't gotten to my list of show smokes yet. So I do have a few more that are kind of waiting in the wings. And so I'll, I'll bring them on the show, and we'll kind of do an update as I get to them. Well, and the new Southern Draw stuff is starting to hit stores. I'm starting to see it pop on my Facebook page where different cigar stores are getting the new Southern Draw stuff. So I'm anxious to start grabbing some of that and giving it a shot. And that's always the challenge because I've got the cruise coming up, so I'm already starting to build my cruise humidor. Right. But I kind of hate, I kind of hate to take something new on the cruise. Yeah, because you don't want to to mix the the experience with the cigar and not get a true taste for what you're actually getting. Right. There's only two things that can really happen. Either you don't like it and you've had a bad cigar while on vacation, or you do like it, but you like it more because of the environment. Yeah, but you can't trust how much you like it because yeah. of... Yeah. So... I'm, I, I tend to go with greatest hits of the year for my cruise humidor. Tends to be the direction I go in that yeah. that instance, but I, I think that I think vacation cigars is always a time for a known quantity. I think I think you have to take something that you're familiar with, with maybe one exception. Yeah, yeah, maybe you feel a little adventurous, or you get something um, something super high end for the night. You know, the night after the prime rib. Yeah, exactly. Something along those lines. But okay, next article, please. So something you talked about last week. I believe, yeah, it was last week. The um, the Cigar Box Festival was a feast for the senses. So, Stovepipe McGee tore up the tore up the house. Yeah, didn't the, he? the picture here was actually of 
Oh, well, oh, where did it go? The RL Superbad. Oh, yeah. On bringing the house down for one of his two sets. Anyway, so we talked about this uh, last week, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. It's just kind of a write-up uh, post-mortem, if you will. There was a line in this article that cracked me up, though. Last year's Cigar Box Guitar Music Festival was a huge hit, so much so that the American blues scene rated this festival the number four of the top five blues festival in Missouri. Okay. Now, l- let's unpack that sentence for a second. That's when I think of blues and the blues scene, I think of Memphis. I think of like New a- Orleans. I don't really think of Missouri. Is there anybody out there really known for Missouri blues? Well, and when you think of blues, do you think of, I, I see, a, you know, a guy with a beer in his hand and a slide guitar or something along. Well, you to don't be really fair, think of that mandolin sound. Well, to be fair, most cigar box guitars do more favor the slide guitar in terms of sound than anything else because they're often played with a slide. They're played like a lap steel um, for the most part because that's the thing that we kind of touched on is they can be made with a cigar box and even just a piece of two-by-four stuck to it for the neck. Like, it's not a traditional guitar oftentimes. So it's played in that similar style. So I will give it that. But I'm thinking, okay, so Missouri's not exactly known for its blues scene, I wouldn't think. I'm not familiar with it, and I'm a big blues fan. Um, number four of the top five blues festivals in Missouri. So I'm going to guess... <laughs> What's the other three? What's the, yeah. I mean... Did, Wait, which one's number one? It didn't say. It just said that it was number four or five. Hey, let me tell you. I believe a Google search of the top blues festivals in Missouri is going to be a deep dive. I don't believe yeah, that's I don't something... Th- that's not on the front page of Google results. Yeah. I don't think I could punch that in right now and come up with an answer before the end of the show. But, I mean, I'm happy for them being number four on the list. But I just can't think. Can't help but think that's got to be... You know, it says list of top five. I can't imagine there were more than six on the total list. Was there smoking allowed at the event? doesn't say. Do you see anybody in the pictures holding a cigar? No. In fact, there's only one picture in the article, and I don't see anything about smoking. I'm, it was outside, but that doesn't mean anything anymore, so who knows. But anyway, I just, I just found that so funny. Congratulations, you guys, on not being the worst blues festival in Missouri. Yeah. This is the best cigar that I've smoked sitting in this chair in Crown Cigars and Ales on a cloudy, overcast day toward the end of summer in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> That's you're getting a bit like baseball statistics now at this point. Kindly, quali- kind of overqualifying it, but okay. So before we wrap the show, I want to talk about something kind of near and dear to your heart. Well, I'm gonna give you the choice. We can talk about coffee and cigars, or we can save that for next week and talk about something else that so that we can. I don't want to. I know your love of coffee and your love of cigars. That I don't is the one I was about to go you. to as well. But no, what was the other one you were going to? Oh, I was going to give you. I was a dealer's choice. Oh, but let's do coffee and cigars. All right, let's do it. This. Um, so I, I am a. I'm a coffee snob. I'm a coffee addict. I'm part coffee. I mean, I, I think my blood type is Sumatra. I drink way more coffee than I should. So aficionado. We'd have never guessed. <laughs> Not lately. <laughs> um, Cigar Aficionado released uh, an article this week of the 10 great cigars to pair with your morning coffee. And I think this is great. You know, we've talked about pairings 
on the show before, and I think coffee is as good a pairing with cigars as anything out there. And so this is the top 10 cigars, and I just, I appreciate what they're going for with this article, but I really feel like they missed the mark. The number one cigar on their list is the Oliva Siri V Milanio. That's, that's a cigar that I talked about, I think it was either last week or the week before, as being a very nice surrogate for a Padron Anniversary series. That's a cigar that has a lot of complexity, has a lot of strength, and is really not that budget-friendly at about $13 to $16 a cigar based on the size. I find that really hard to grasp as a coffee cigar, as, a, as an early morning coffee cigar. Well, before we get into the weeds of this article, I won't let, let me talk about the scope of the article real quick, because there were some things I noticed about the scope of the article, both good and bad. Um, I'm prone to ride aficionado pretty hard. I'm prone to dig my spurs in and really give aficionado a lot of junk. So I will say, this is one of the few articles that they didn't say, rated 94 in our rated 93, rated, you know, and hints of coffee and oak and tree bark and, you know, java mango so they they did a good job with this article of kind of keeping the cigar descriptions a little more down to earth they did the only one that they mentioned a description or a a rating on was the last one on the list which i take exception to and face value so i'll wait till we get down there when we talk about it but the other thing about this article they kind of preface this as, because there's a lot of people, yourself included, that drink coffee at any time of the day. Exactly. And that was a point I was going to make up, uh, I was going to bring up before we moved any further, was the fact that this specifically said morning coffee. And in the f- opening paragraph, it says, most of us downright refuse to face the world and start our day without revving up our engines with at least a cup or two of the most delicious ca- caffeinated beverages. So they are saying this is early morning start your day coffee cigar pairing and i'm all for that i like a good morning cigar but i think you know to jump right out the gate and i think the siri v milanio pairs very well with with coffee not first thing in the morning that's way too much cigar to wake up to yeah that's definitely the 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 overall choices i think we're going to see that theme repeat itself yeah they do have a few on the list that i agree with um, I was a little disappointed not to see the San Cristobal Elegancia on here. To me, that is bar none the best. It's made by Ashton, so it's already going to be a little bit more mild. It is my favorite uh, Connecticut cigar, bar none. Uh, I was a little disappointed not to see this, but jumping to the next cigar on the list, because we are going to run out of time before we get all the way through this, unless we just kind of run through it, is the Padron Anniversary 1964. The only cigar they could have possibly gone further off the rails from their first selection. I'm sorry. I'm not waking up in the morning and burning a $20 bill. No, that's a celebratory cigar. And next week we're going to talk about when when to smoke the celebratory cigar and kind of the scenarios for that. But that's the definition of a celebratory cigar. That is not a, all right, I got out of bed again. Well, and especially if you... You know, let's say you're a you're a business owner, which you are. Um, I have been, and and still have that mindset. If if you wake up your day, and you think, and and your brain is wired to, okay, I have to accomplish these things in the day to make to break even and to make money. Like if you're wired in that kind of entrepreneurial spirit, right? A business owner starts every morning in the hole. Yeah, I mean and, that's the only way you can approach. Yeah, it. and you have 24 hours to 
to keep your business going. Right. And get then into it the starts bike. again the next day. Are you really going to start $20 in the hole? No. <coughs> I mean, that's the way I view my day when I wake up, is I want to start productively. And this right. just seems like that's what you do at the end of the day. Anyway, um, next on the list is the Fuente Rosado Sungrown Magnamar. I think that's a fantastic choice for this. Still on the bolder end of what Fuente does. But Dominican cigars, I find, pair better with coffee than Nicaraguans do. I can see that. If you're talking the type of coffee that most of us drink in the morning, which is either like a French press or a drip coffee maker, I think I think Dominican cigars really pair that well. When you get into more espresso, black, and, and that type of coffee, Cuban coffee even, then Nicaraguan starts to show a little bit better. But I agree with that. Uh, next on the list is the Monte Cristo White Series. As, again, price point-wise, you're you're kind of starting in the hole again because that's not a cheap cigar, but they are getting it right. They're going to a Connecticut seed wrapper from the Dominican. You know, this is getting more into the territory of what I think. Right, uh, what a morning cigar should look like. Yeah. Uh, the next is the New World Connecticut Robusto from A.J. Fernandez. This is, we talk so much about the spice and pepper that that Fernandez cigars have, but paired with the Connecticut wrapper, I've had one of these, but it's been a while. Um, I, th- I think this is an excellent choice, and it's under eight dollars. So now we're getting into that territory of what I think a morning cigar really looks like. Um, I'll let you kind of run the next. Oh, okay. I was, I was going to give you a chance to take a breath. It's funny, we get a topic you're passionate about, and, and I don't drink coffee regularly. I'll have some every now and then, but I'm not a big coffee guy. My my morning routine is get up, pre-workout, walk the dog three or four miles, then it's either go to the gym or sit down and have a cigar. Yeah. And I kind of vary that up according to what I lifted the day before, if I'm on a rest day, if I'm on a recovery day, or if I'm doing, you know, it all depends. Right. By, by contrast... When I wake up in the morning, I say, Alexa, good morning. And what one of the things that she does when I say that is turn the coffee on. <laughs> right. Like, right. You're, you're teaching her. <laughs> and I'll, um, you know, just running down the article and hitting kind of the high, the high points. Um, Alec Bradley Magic Toast does not belong on this list. And I'll, now, if they had prefaced this with cigars you can have with coffee, whether it be, you know, your afternoon cup or your, you know, whatever whatever time cup of coffee, but prefacing it with morning, that's too much cigar for a morning cigar. I, I agree with that. Um, and, and then the next one is probably on the bubble, I'd say the Don Pepin Garcia original, which is the blue label that you and I both absolutely adore. Love this cigar. And think it pairs really well with coffee. Yeah. I don't... I can tell you I've had that cigar in my humidor a lot. And it's never been one that I go to first. The non-pepin for me, the blue, is when I've not had a bad day, but I've not had as good a day as I want, and I want a cigar that I know is going to perform. I can't afford another disappointment in my day. And I know I can reach for that Don Pepin blue, and it's going to be great every time. Uh, another missed opportunity is the Undercrown Shade. Oh, yeah. That's my morning cigar. Right. If I have one in the mornings, 90% of the time, it's going to be either a Don Gonzalez Habano or an Undercrown Shade. Right. One of those two cigars. 
Um, there were a couple of more on here that I had never heard of, um, but then I will get to the last one, which was the Monte Cristo Petite Number no. Two. This is a Cuban cigar, so most of us aren't going to have access to it, or at least not a real one. And we're not going to. I find for the American smoker, oftentimes the Cuban cigar kind of falls into that celebratory cigar kind of arena, and I find it. I, and again, knowing the price point on this is north of twenty dollars, I have a hard time spending that much money on my first cigar of the day. Yeah, and it's. Um, I think it is. And our complaint with this article is not really the choice of cigars so much as the fact that they're they're labeling these morning cigars and these are not morning cigars. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've got so many opportunities. Uh, the Oliva Connecticut is a phenomenal morning cigar. And it doesn't have to be a Connecticut to be a morning cigar. The Perdomo Sungrown, I think, is a great morning cigar. The Aurora 107 is a phenomenal cigar. cigar. Yeah. Um, but I, I think morning lends itself to in that mild to medium or, or right at medium and not going above that. And I also think, for me, a morning cigar is a budget cigar. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be something, something where you're not increasing the liability of the day. But all right. Let's wrap it up. Before we go tonight... Everybody out there that's listening, I need you to do me two favors. I need you to write a review for the Cigar Cast on on iTunes and submit it to iTunes. Please take a few minutes of your time. Um, really mean the world to us to get a few reviews on there. If you like the show, please tell us about it. If you don't like the show, write a review on somebody else's. <laughs> but um, I really feel like that's that's something I'd like to ask everybody to do. The other thing, share it. Just hit the share button. You can share the cigar cast, especially if you got an episode you really love. I'd love to see some shares of some different episodes of, hey, I really loved it when you had Alejandro Toledo on. I really loved it when you had, you know, Don Gonzalez. Whoever we had or when it was just you and I and it was just a great night like tonight that we've just had a good time. Just share it for us. I'd really appreciate that. And I'm going to follow by that up by... Uh having a request of my own, which is that, and I kind of mentioned it earlier in the show, that Shane and I are going into a production meeting after this. We're really trying to make sure that we're giving you the best show that we possibly can, and we're looking for ways that we can improve that. Uh, We've got some ideas, but we want to hear yours as well. So if you've got anything, like you said, guests, but also topics that we're not covering or topics that we're covering too much or anything that you'd like to see out of the show that maybe we're just not doing enough of or doing too much of, Drop us a line. We really, really want to hear from you uh, so that we're giving you the best product that we can. The way you get a hold of us is email us at info at thecigarcast.com. You can also get us on facebook.com slash thecigarcast, and we're on Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening this week, and until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. (laughs) 